This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Main Hustle Media Podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Karankwa, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. I was like doing the old man overbite. Uh-oh. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you're, you're one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them. You're one of them. I'm, I'm one of them. Hey, y'all. Konnichi, what's up? Welcome to the Queer and Far podcast, a travel podcast from a couple of queer femmes, providing tips and resources for, to travel safely while Black, Brown, Queer, Disabled, or from any marginalized group and intersections in between. It's still not natural to me. It's fine. I'll get there. Okay. Uh, I am one of the hosts, Charmaine Fury, your Sir Auntie, aka the Blazing Blurred, the busiest mixed race, bi-gendered, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time. Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award winning podcaster. I really need to stop doing that at some point. In this podcasting game, and I am joined by my co-host and friend. Shenanigans. Hey. <laughs> still a noob. That's going to be your thing. We'll be five years into this podcast. Five years, like, still mean, a noob. noob. It's, that's going to be on my shirt, too. Okay, still a noob. <laughs> Okay, don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. Still a noob. Hey, internets. How you doing? Um, so this is episode three of Queer and Far, and uh, we, uh, we're we doing good so far. I mean, it's small. We still we still need people to find out about us, but um, we're getting some views. We're getting some, some comments. Yes. Some questions. Uh, we're getting some questions. Uh, one thing I just want to say, and I, I, it's just because it hit me in the like, ugh. We did get a comment that was very nicely intended, but like also cut me to shreds in the same moment where it was, um, I'm not gay, but I like your content kind of a statement. Oh. I want to say this because I just, I, I need everybody to know this. It doesn't matter if you don't come from somebody's category yeah. when you're engaging in a conversation, in their content or whatever. <laughs> if you relate to it, you relate to it. Mm -hmm. But when you point out, I'm not fill in the blank your category you're othering the people whose place you showed up at yep. you're making them less than you yeah. and there's no other way to there's really like i'm not i don't want to be shitty about it but there's really no other way to interpret it because you're and, telling me mm -hmm. you're an other to me so yes. i need to tell you i'm not like you right not necessary i appreciate when people appreciate the content mm -hmm. And this happens to me on Militantly Mix all the time. It happens to me on By Furious. I'm wearing my By Furious logo t-shirt. Hey. Uh, it happens to me everywhere. And it's as a brown person, as a mm -hmm. as a bi-gender femme, as mm -hmm. a queer person, it's always, <clears throat> always reducing. It just right. kills. And, um, and it doesn't matter what the intent was. It doesn't right? matter. What I'm sure was. this person probably didn't mean it in, in that no they probably just thought it was a nice thing to say say and so i constantly try to to respond back when i get that kind of stuff I was like this is not necessary to say and here's why yeah and um i know that in a lot of cases it makes somebody mm -hmm. you know they instantly want to be defensive and defend themselves um this person did not comment or anything like that so i'm, I'm not talking specifically about this person but uh in general across the board 
Mm-hmm. It just always ends up being a thing. So the only reason why I bring it up is because I just want you to know that, like, we literally say it multiple times throughout the episode, too. It's like this content is for people who are from marginalized groups. We call the show Queer and Far because mm-hmm. we are two queer people. <clears throat> and we are hoping to get far, far yeah, away. Far, far. <laughs> That is why <laughs> we were just trying to be clever, y'all. Yes. But, you know, I'm always existing as a brown person, as a femme, mm-hmm. as a as a queer person. I'm always my intersection at all times. But it doesn't mean that I can't relate to other things. I mean, I literally am an American born person who has to watch American born media, which literally rarely reflects me. So I don't say I'm not white, but I like whatever right. TV show. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's it's yes. not a natural thing for me to say. And it tends to. It tends to mostly be white people if you're talking about race issues. Yes. Although brown people, if they're not from the same category, can it can still happen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight people if they mm-hmm. enter gay space, but especially mm-hmm. when it's a, a queer space, when it's a straight person entering a queer space, mm-hmm. the instant things is like, I don't want you to think I'm gay. Yeah. That's 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 what we get no matter what you intend. That's what it means, and it's just like, what's wrong with being just because we're gay? doesn't mean we're attracted to you well there's that but there's also just like it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing and it could be that you're just programmed mm-hmm. i know we have a plan for today's episode and i didn't oh, even do. Hit, i didn't even hit you with this in advance it just it it, it crept up into my heart yep. um <clears throat> uh you know like it, it there's no there's just it's just not bad no so you saying i'm not gay but tells me you think there's something bad about it. Well, you even know, if you for, don't intend it that way, I think the world tells you that it's okay to say shit like that. It's literally right. not. Well, you know, uh, transparency here. Even I was doing it. Or I was going, well, you know, I'm I'm queer, but you know, I'm white. And you're like, and, <laughs> yeah, and I'm no, like, that's well, true. I have caught my, you on that before. It was my like, so suffering. What? You know, my my. You know, they're like, yeah. Well, you're still like, you know, and so. And we're trying to have conversations that involved intersectionality. Yeah, that's the goal. And that's the goal. So this doesn't matter. You don't need to be queer to be here. You don't need to be queer to be here. I just did that. I love you did that. You, it was excellent. It's going to end up on a t-shirt at some point. Um, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be all. queer to be here. You don't have to be brown. Like, it's really, uh, if you're from, you know, like, I mean, the information that we're going to be sharing, especially on today's episode, uh, goes for everybody. Everyone. Of course, it doesn't matter. It's just that our target uh, audience that we're looking for or the people that we want to help the most are people that come from marginalized groups because those are the people who probably have less access. And um, or the world has told you this is not for you. Don't try this. And we're going to try it. Um, And so while you have more opportunities to blend in um as a as a, a straight assumed woman assumed white person who is more expected to be an expat in places mm-hmm. um that doesn't mean that you're not also having to maneuver is this a safe space for me to walk around at 10 o'clock at night is right. this a safe space for me to if someone gets a hint of me being a queer person you know like all those types yeah. of things are at play for you as well so um i just yeah it was just in my heart it wasn't in the plan, but I immediately felt like I needed to say it because it was just like ripped me to shreds. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, our first comment. Oh, you know, like it was so like up and down. You belong here, too. <laughs> yeah, I, you everybody belong here, too. Here. Because like, OK, sure, you're straight, but you might have a family member who's gay. 
but even not like again even i think not. this happened on last episode too is when we were talking about empathy like the chick-fil-a thing right my friend mm-hmm. that tells me they're not gay so the chick-fil-a thing isn't a, po- a problem for them um Still you them. don't have to that's not how empathy has to work you don't have right. to be like i'm not from this category and therefore i can't extend empathy but, or and right. therefore it's it's not for me but i wanted to let you know i was here like whatever the thing right is. and why uh, is it that you like for my people why is it for us that it's almost like we have to digest the trauma that you're going through for us to empathize what you're going through. Why is right. that a requirement? You could literally be like, I'm a person that doesn't want shitty things to happen in the world. <laughs> <Come on>. Like <laughs> it's, it's I, that easy. It's that easy. Yeah. If, you know, like, you know, like it's like, you know, black people are humans. Yes. Yeah. They experience yeah, so, the same things I do. Yes. Sometimes yeah. they experience other things outside of me. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's just, it was in my heart. So I wanted Let's to do say it. it. And, you know, hopefully I don't lose well, the one out of 12 people we have listening to. No, this stay. So stay. <laughs> Sit down. Uh, but, anyways, today we did have a goal of kind of, t- since we're sort of charting this mm-hmm. sort of backwards, but from the beginning of our journeys, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to start talking about like what was the research process like for us um, okay. or what it currently yes. is because it's constantly changing. Literally, Two seconds before I was about to press record the first time, you were like, oh, crap, this law just changed or this no, rule just, just changed something or something change, like yeah. that. So, um, so like it's a constant thing up until the point that we leave. And even once we're gone, it's gonna the, change. the responsibility is going to be on us to know what's happening so that we don't violate laws so that we stay up above board, across the board and everything like that. Uh, so that's what we're getting into today. Um, yes. Do you want to talk first a little bit about like, yeah, because can... you did. I know a spreadsheet, which I still haven't seen the spreadsheet, but like you've, you've had a spreadsheet going for the yeah. amount of years we've been talking about it. You'll say, I'll send you things and you'll be like, all right, it's going on the spreadsheet. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about how you started your process? Surprise. You have to do your own research in it. Every country's different. They have different rules. They have different rules sometimes within different, um, different States or mm-hmm. provinces, depending on where you're going in, in different countries. So all of this is subject to change. Um, So one of the things, uh, so I think one of the most important things for everybody to do when they get get started, and I think we gleaned this on on our last episode, but is to really sit down and write down what are your needs. And you're not going to get everything because you're not going to think about certain things. Yeah. Right. You just assume certain things work a certain way. Um. But for me, it was I needed to um, make sure that we, you know, the budget is we could live comfortably with two people for about twenty four hundred dollars a month. Okay, Uh, that and that was a requirement. It was that I wanted to be able to stay there longer than 30 days because I really want to get to know something. And I don't think I'm going to know an area just for 30 days. I mean, it's nice, but, you know, I wanted to stay at least three months at a time. Uh, one of my other requirements is I want to be able to take my animals, I three, three dogs. Uh, the other one, my requirements that I had put down was I needed it to be relatively safe for LGBTQ. Um, I wanted, um, I first started off going if they spoke English, but that is my, um, you know. I mean, it's it's a fine one to start with because a tree also has that too, where he was concerned about not having um, 
access to the language and it, it's it's really like that is also our responsibility when we go there but it shouldn't necessarily preclude us from right like we travel the world and we've gone to places where english wasn't the main language right and, right and and so but it, that's less of now and we're going to go into because we are taking classes or mm -hmm. i'm you're 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 doing um, i can't remember was i'm it? doing pimsler and duolingo and, and i'm doing Babel. tree is doing duolingo as if it's uh chivo hunting on xbox like he is constantly he's just like 1200 xp on in the first last hey, four hours and it, like it's motivated keep it up <laughs> yeah and every oh. time I say a word that we both know in Spanish because we've both taken the same portion, he'll cor he'll correct me if I say it in English to right. to say it in Spanish and stuff that's, like that. So that's great. And I also thank you so much for that video. It really helped Jeff with the uh, say uh, a star. Oh, sir, and a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. There's a few. Uh, there's a few. Um, uh, that person's TikTok is uh, black lingual. I think yes. it is. That's and, awesome. I follow them now. And uh, and they like they'll break down something that, you know, we we were just having a conversation like how do you distinguish these two things? And um, there's a number of videos that that person um, does. So that, that explains those. But it's probably simple if that's the language you grew up in. But when you come from a language that doesn't have masculine feminine or doesn't have um, like the verb doesn't change depending on who you're saying and stuff like that and like, how you're saying it. Yeah, yeah yeah so i've been following i've been following a bunch of, of uh, which is good multilingual people which is good um let's see what other worlds oh we need internet uh and stable internet and higher some of the higher speed internet i think we had um we needed uh 50 mbps plus is doable 100 is ideal mm -hmm. uh i'm just repeating what i was told I don't know. <laughs> no, don't that know sounds right to me too because we, you know, we both like we both do stuff from home, and we both have spouses that are in the tech field and stuff right. like that. So it's important. And for them. we need to be able to work and upload, download, and and things like yeah. that. So um, we need more than a tin can. Um, when we were talking about needs, though, like I know you probably already had this going on your spreadsheet, but you had texted me one day when once it, when it was like, yes, this is going to happen. Let's do it in the next year. Uh, you were like, text me all your needs so I can add it to the to the thing. And and then you even said, like, here's the ones I know, the pets, the Internet, da, 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 da. and then I just started randomly remembering stuff that are like daily, daily needs and, and then tree inserted some, too. So uh, I know that that's. Like well, literally hopefully. it's list time motherfuckers. Like if you're about to go and do this, you need to start writing all Make kinds a list. of lists. Check yeah. it twice and you're going to change it. It's going to change. Cause I know mine has changed. I don't know how many times. Yeah. And it's probably subject to change as we move along. Sure. Um, access to healthcare. Some countries will allow you, some of them have universal healthcare where um, hands down you come in, they have public health. Um, for example, uh, my mother uh, traveled to Ireland a few years ago before the pandemic, uh, slip and fell mm. in the middle of nowhere, visiting some castle mm. and knocked her ass out mm. and had to be airlifted by a helicopter uh, to, yeah, to a couple of my, uh, hours away to the closest like hospital that she could go to. Um, she paid in total for that entire fiasco uh and the stay in the hospital and all the the i think it was like 800 american total wow that's insane right and i know like just an ambulance ride that's 15 minutes in america is it can like $3,500 <laughs> yeah right. i was like so 
Um, and that, that was their, that was, you know, they had, he, they had, she had to pay into the system, but it, it, it technically she was using their public health. Mm. Um, but like, for example, Germany, that's not an option. You, you want to stay there for a longer period of time. You have to buy insurance and you have mm. to prove you have insurance. For example, I'm just going to give you guys an example. <clears throat> For a business or a visitor visa, you have to prove that you have an, an insurance that will cover up to thirty thousand dollars. So coverage. back, you're back home. Your American insurance. You have to have. Home. You have to. You have to go get travel insurance. Oh, I see. To get something that is something like that. Now, it, and it gets becoming more complicated if you're trying to stay there even longer. So, mm -hmm. but again, these are these are all things. So, um, I you know what the honest one, the one that I started off with the most is. Um, a, a website we will be we will be putting the links in, but um, this is uh, from uh, Ash and Lyric, so it's um, AsherFerguson.com, and they were posting the best and worst countries for LGBTQ travel in 2022. So mm -hmm. it has been relatively updated. Um, and it goes from, and so here are some of the criterias. If any one of you makes judgments in we, the we internet. Don't, we don't do it live. I can always clip it out. <laughs> okay. No, but I just want to know if any of you are going to make comments about how many internet sites I have open right now. Shush. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Ta-da. So as you can see, legal, um, legalized same-sex marriage, and then it'll give you certain ways then they have you know workers rights protection against discrimination so on and so forth mm. Here, here's a big one for my my transgender loved ones okay so as you can see we're going to start off with the worst so brunei tisk tisk okay so this is a no-go for us right so pretty much i sort of made a decision that when i scrolled down originally mm -hmm. america is around are you America? There you go. 24. And honestly, 24th worst or 24th best? 24th best. Okay. So they get a, a if you could see here, a B, right? Mm. Some states don't offer protections against discrimination. See, now that they're, they're now that things are changing. Mm. If, and in fact, America, I think was around a B, uh, a B plus when I was last looking. So we've, we've dropped a few. I'm honestly surprised we're as high as we are. I am too. I don't think this is a, because it's happening so quickly. Yeah, uh -huh. that's true. So, but as you can see, number one, ta-da, Canada. Canada? Mm -hmm. It's so very small on my screen, so I can't see. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Canada is number one. And honestly, guys, this is like, and I, the last time I looked at this was a, uh, was a couple of months ago. This mm -hmm. has changed because the last time I was here, I believe it was like, um, like Sweden and was like the number one but as you can see canada's number one sweden's number two netherlands malta uh the malta, malta was high on the list for a period of time you yes until really i found out they it. have an absolute yeah. ban on abortions yeah like if you if you are bleeding out you need to be airlifted to another country if you can afford it if you can or you can just die or you can just die yeah i mean honestly like if menopause kicks in in the next couple of years, Malta will go back on the list. <laughs> but, but so long as I am potentially fertile, I, yeah, unfortunately that killed Malta for me, but Malta was really high on the list. Um, 
Sweden, the Netherlands were was high on the the Netherlands in particular was higher on the list, but both come with a lot of expectate like requirements that we aren't prepared to meet yet to get there. So right. I'm I'm super super surprised that the United States is as high as it is. Um, right, but if you think about it, they're being beat out by countries that don't make sense now, like Ireland. Like they're they're and being Spain. beat out by South Africa and South Africa. Anyway, it's just food for thought. It's um, interesting. It's interesting. So, uh, there you go. So this is some of the things that I look at and, um, you know, but the other one I think it was interesting, we just take a moment was when I go down to Brazil, Mm -hmm. Brazil actually has excellent, um, their laws and everything, but their, their murder rate of trans people is extremely high. Mm. Now I, I honestly, there's a two things that get me stuck is at least they're reporting it because it's really low when i look in other countries so i don't know if they're being reported oh that makes sense because we're barely reporting it here right so and and our numbers are high here the other thing that i would like to see on this chart that i'm not 100 percent sure is reflected is Mm -hmm. specifically a category having to do with black and brown queer and trans people that would be really nice um i would i i totally agree with you and then I, it's very tiny on your screen, but here are all the sources on where they get all their information. Mm. Okay. That, that's pretty great. That's pretty helpful. I had, I thought so. Yeah. And honestly, it's color coded. It's color, co- color <laughs> coordination really does help my brain. So that's good. And I like that. You Where's know, Mexico? We didn't look at that. Oh, since, so Mexico, since Mexico is, is where we're starting like in a, in a our sea. journey. Hold on. Oh, we're in a C in Mexico. We're in a C in Mexico because they don't have transgender laws. Now, when I reach out to people there, they're like, depending on where you are, but you, they, everybody just leaves you alone, but there's nothing on the books. So when I, when now, again, I don't want to speak for my transgender loved ones. However, Mm -hmm. when I have spoken to them, um, about how they feel about this, they went, you mean, so. I'll just be ignored or I might just get treated the same way I'm treated in America. Okay. Um, but you pay less, but you, that's the thing. Cause I have a friend down there and right now that's in Mexico city. That is a transgender woman. And she literally m- moved from the South where like a month and a half ago, she was assaulted in a parking lot of a Walmart mm. and nobody helped her. She was running around asking for help because this this man was chasing her and threatening her because he clocked her as a trans woman. Mm. And and all she wanted to do was go grocery shopping um, while trans. And um, and so she just went, that's it. I'm done. And she's never traveled, period. She's never traveled in the United States, let alone whatever. And she just up and said, I'm going to do what. And she went and she's in Mexico City. Uh, so. Uh, so, and though case in point, so she may, she makes $15 an hour. She does digital nomad stuff. So it makes about $2,100 a month. Now, um, living in the South, she still was paying like, a, like $1,100 for a really tiny studio. Mm-hmm. So now she's living in a one bedroom, fully furnished, all utilities included internet, everything, air conditioning. Cause, um, in Mexico guys, some places charge separate for air conditioning, mm-hmm. um, some people don't use it. Um, 
and um, there the rent is five sixty five a month. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing that we can probably get into too, is weighing where we're going against if it's not that much different than the United States in terms of safety, mm -hmm. um, but you can afford healthcare and you can afford to live. Um, I'm not opposed to that for me. You know, like for me, I, yeah. I, yeah. Can, I, like agree. If I can say it because right now we're paying $1,600 a month for health insurance that we can't afford to actually use, mm -hmm. but we're required to keep this plan because it was yes. the lowest plan that was available to my spouse's um employment insurance and it fucking sucks because we both have knee problems i got some dental work i need done you know i have this thing i need to get removed that i was talking about previously and none of the stuff we have access to none of the stuff we can use also would just like to highlight that on the screen we do have a disclaimer we are regular <laughs> as podcasters not experts please consult your own travel experts tax accountants and lawyers before you move <laughs> Yes. We are just offering some tips and tricks or at least where to go to start doing your own research. And your situation is going to be different than our situation, just like our situations is different from each other. Um, so if something fucks up, don't blame us. Don't blame us. That's that's uh, everybody's responsible for their own research. But hopefully this is a guide that helps get you to the spot where you need to make your decision. Right. You know, go to and so you can make your decisions. I had Puerto Rico on even though Puerto Rico technically is a U.S. Ter territory, mm -hmm. not because they want to be, because that's just how we <laughs> do life. Yeah. Um, I took Australia it off our list. I took it off my personal list of where to move to because one, um, after speaking to a lot of um, native Puerto Ricans, like mm -hmm. do live there. Um, and I asked them the, I asked them, is there any way that people, especially Americans could come to Puerto Rico without colonizing? And they said at this point, no, even if you were to come, um, as a tourist, you yeah. are feeding a system that that's, that's hurting. Yes. And that's another one, Hawaii, even though yes, America. And again, looking into that history and realizing they never <laughs> wanted to be a state. Yeah. Just sort of took it. Um, that they're at this point, please don't come. Yeah. You're, you're feeding a system that's keeping us um, down. Yeah. So I took Puerto Rico off the list. Although one day, hopefully if we behave ourselves, I, I would love to go and see. So. Yeah. I still would like to visit Puerto Rico and ensure that that is probably sounding um, because I, I started to plan one. Remember yeah. I was sending yes. you like, I, I kind of want to do this. Um but yeah, that's tough. The, the other part with Hawaii is Hawaii was on my move list because I have half of my family lives family. there. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I feel like I'm going to Hawaii, I don't feel like I'm going on vacation. I've, I've never done any of the touristy things. I haven't done Diamond Head, you know, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. But right. I, I go to visit family. Um, I just wanted to be closer to them. But it's such a quick impact. Like you, in, you instantly impact negatively. Hawaii when you go as a tourist or or as a person that's trying to move there um, right. the way that we've impacted the their rent and their mortgages and you know their taxes and stuff like that just by our presence there um, fucking sucks for the people that are from there and my family is not native to there well some of my cousin's children are because they're they're um, married to Hawaiians uh, Hawaiian Hawaiians mm -hmm. uh, but you know most of my family is Japanese and they moved there 
when my great grandparents moved there like 50 years ago because it was more warmer climate than where they lived in Japan. So like for me, it's a it's a it's a tug of war because there's part of me that feels like I'm just going to go visit my family. Oh, really? Jeff, Japan is that low? Yeah, they well, have I mean, technically, no we don't even have a word lot. like there's all this yeah. talk like we don't even have a word for gay. There's no gay Japanese people. It's like, yeah, they're there's no protection. There is no them. laws. There is nothing. Yeah. So that's tough because I will eventually spend at least one year in Japan because it is, you know, a partial right. homeland of mine. But that's going to be a tough a tough thing. I don't I don't well, want to live there permanently, but I do I would do you live there you had year. mentioned it and so let's segue. Many of these countries that are high up on the LGBTQ index experience a lot of anti-blackness. Yeah. And I am and you know this That's is gonna not, be anywhere I go. <laughs> anywhere you go, but yes, but like this is like not only is it something that um I don't have any of this stuff pulled up now, but there are have been studies. And I have actually talked to or listened to a lot of um, black, brown uh, uh, traveling folks who say that sometimes when they know you're American and also black, they teach, treat you better. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they, you know, because they see your skin color first. Yeah. You're clocked. And they well, that happens in you. France. So and Fr Italy, the French really bad in Italy. They're black people worse, and they treat black Americans. Yes, because with with the title American comes all this different clout Money. in the world. Um, and for them, black people are immigrants in their mind, and even if they've been there for generations, and um, black Americans, I don't know why they afford the like black Americans are in the exact same position as as many black French people. If we came over during, if our families came over during enslavement or if our families came in over in some form of immigration having to do with enslavement somewhere, you know, and uh, and yet they still treat American black people better than they treat their own black people. Yeah. So I, first I started here and I started putting things on my my, my spreadsheet, giving the, the, the um, and I mean, gosh, the last time I looked at Mexico... Mexico was a C. Um, so things have changed or, or maybe other things have just other countries are doing it just better because Mexico was a B minus last time and now they're a C. Oh, interesting. So that and here's the thing. All these numbers, all these uh, people in this list, mm -hmm. the the top, the Canada was here last time. These were not. United Kingdom. I mean, they were they were they were still like in the top ten. They, so people, they, there's been a concerted effort. Things Honestly, happening. a concerted effort has actually happened a lot. Like Ireland, shocked has been shocking the shit out of me with um, the some of the stuff they're that they're pushing through. And yay for them. Also Israel. Um, uh, but anyway, so. That's just one of the things that I Israel still has an apartheid situation that they deal, they yes, need to deal I, with. And I am, yes, I will not condone. We will not, <laughs> we will not be, no, we will not. But, and you know, um, just because we, we're not going to condone it, that doesn't mean I know that for you, because you know, I know you're coming. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm anti Semitic. Like, I can be, I can be pro something and against like hurting somebody else. So, knock it off. Anybody that's going to come in here and do that. Mm -hmm. um so um okay so that was some of the ones so uh 
for for example, the, the average, let's say like one of the other things, like um, I got to tell you, Spain knocked themselves out of the park. Like their average internet is like 207, which is really. That's pretty- the MBPS stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think the best one that I looked at was like Singapore. It's just that I can't afford Singapore. No. <laughs> Um, I know but, it's funny. I know so many people who have either lived there or moved there or have come here from there and gone back. Like yeah. Singapore seems like a place to go, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like as an Asian, I need to go to Japan before I go to another Asian country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you know, you have uh, that's, that's, that's exclusive. Fine. That's as strictly as a mixed Asian. Like, I feel like you know, um. So I'm going to go back to the page. Um, So another one, guys, that I think that would be useful for anybody that's of working age, because everybody's going to do something different. Somebody who's already retired, they're not going to think of things the way I have to think about things. Right. Yeah. I still work. You still work. We still have to make payments. So uh, many countries actually, uh, um, why am I trying to scroll on the, (laughs) sorry. Okay. We're good. Noob. I'm just living up to my name. That's all. Um, and then, so these are just uh, like 42 countries that allow digital nomad, meaning you can work from anywhere and work there. Mm. Um, and some of their fees, like, and everything's different. So for example, when I last looked up from Mexico, cause I'm, again, I'm sorry, I'm sticking with Mexico guys, but. Well, I mean, that's specific to our journey and we're charting our journey. We just happen to have some information about a couple other places. So. So one of the things that it's slightly different is you need to show that you have 43,000, um, meaning you make $43,000 a year for one person. That does say bank balance though. Oh, for the uh, last, the last 12, 12 months. months. Copy yeah. That. Okay. So like how much money? So income has to be this for the last, like you have to have income has to be this for the last six months when bringing a dependent increase that by this. So this is drastically changed. Hold on. Yeah, because I think it was like um, sixteen hundred. It was sixteen hundred yeah, last time that I that I looked, and, and the bank I've, balance was twenty seven. And I've seen this recently on a uh, black expat group that I'm in on the Facebooks. Uh, they said that um, things were higher than expected based off the website, but they weren't they weren't counting their spouse as a mm-hmm. dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're gonna go where one person is like head of household the other partner would be a dependent. So you would add that 861 to that. Um, and like in my case, my my spouse has a day job and I'm a freelancer. So we're going to go off of their income and I'm going to be a dependent in that case. So yes. in that case, that's how we're going to. Yes. So um, uh, be an owner of Mexican property worth like, that is that's like that's that's something separate for a different type. Oh, that's of interesting. That's like buying your way into. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there are certain countries that you can buy your citizenship by buying something. Mm-hmm. I got a cat Hi, meowing in the background. <laughs> um, but like I said, like the last time I when I updated this last, which again this was a couple months ago, guys, was it was sixteen hundred dollars a month uh, for, uh, for one person, um, and add, it was like add $800 for an, uh, every dependent. Um, and then it was a $27,000 living a year. You needed to have, at least prove that you can make that a year. Uh, so apparently now that's gone up to 43. 27,000 was what it was at before, but now it's at 43. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still, a you know, 
yeah. entry level the, job in the United States. Entry level so. job in the well, and unfortunately, that seems to be the average medium income across most states. Mm-hmm. I mean, some states will be thirty five, mm-hmm. like West Virginia. West right. Virginia is very low. Kentucky yeah. is very low. Um, uh, Indiana. Um, 35 to about 42,000 a year. I'm sure uh, that the explosion of digital nomads over the last or has during the pandemic has, is mm-hmm. the reason why this has changed so much. I'm hoping that this is a way that benefits Mexico in a positive way, but gentrification yes. and all kinds of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, are probably, I don't know how they're tracking that. And that's will be interesting for uh, us to. Honestly, I think Mexico in many ways was kind of tired of our shit. We talk shit about them and yeah. the, and yet we are constantly down there. Yeah. And staying down there and and we weren't paying our fa- our fair share. Yeah, so they ra- they raised they raised it. I mean, is that inconvenience for us? Sure, but I get it. And it's still it's still cheaper than this us. So if you look down here, it says like average internet was like 35. And, but like when I was the, I, when I did look at like some of the places down in Merida in particular, it was at least 50. So again, pay it in mind, guys, if you're going to be up in the mountains somewhere, you know, the internet's going to be kind of rough. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I but, think that th- the things to account for, depending on where you move is the climate and how that impacts energy and the um, access to internet because of the difficulty of getting it to a place. You know, if you want to live on the beach or on a mountaintop, yeah, you're probably going to sacrifice some, even if right. you have the best possible internet that they have available, right? it still probably won't be what you need for, right. for work right. um, or, you know, access or whatever. Um, the other types of visas that people should look into, not just with Mexico, but with others, but also with Mexico, if you, if you have family descendants, you can actually apply for dual citizenship um, because of your lineage. This, that can also happen if you can trace, um, if you are fortunate enough to be able to trace um, your ancestry uh, to other countries, for example, Germany, if you can prove that, um, some of your family left between like the 1930s and the 1950s, you can apply for dual citizenship. That's the same thing for Ireland and Italy. Uh, caveat for Ireland right now, because of the pandemic, they are behind. Yeah. Um, and they tell, they have told me that if you've already have your application in, they are behind three years. And you have your application in, right? Like that's I how didn't you even, I, no, oh. I went to go do it. And they're like, don't even bother. I was like, uh, dang. So that that's something that I'm actually eligible for in the UK because my grandmother is from there, is from England. And um, you might also be able to do it from Japan. No. So Japan is different. Japan does not allow for dual citizenship. And the Uh very few dual citizens that there are, a friend of mine happens to be one. When she was born, her father got on a plane right the fuck away and went oh. back to Japan and filed her paperwork because um, oh. it also has to be done by a Japanese, a native Japanese person. It has to be written in Japanese, the whole thing. So okay. he went he went after every child was born. He went directly there and filed them. So they do all have uh, Japanese okay. citizenship and they do all have Japanese passports. And then they're also they were born here. So they're nice. American. Okay. They have American passports. So they travel with two passports. Okay. Um for me to become a Japanese citizen, I would have to relinquish my American citizenship mm-hmm. and I would have to adopt a Japanese name, which would not be difficult for me because I have two Japanese families that I come from okay. um, if I wanted to do that. 
uh on the uk side though my grandmother's my so i have a japanese grandmother that's what we're talking about on the uk side my grandmother's um from england and she's of uh, welsh and english heritage i i have looked into it and i've done a consultation with a um immigration lawyer and there is like ancestry stuff that they have to set up yes so i basically i can provide some stuff that i've found on ancestry.com like my grandparents marriage certificate and stuff like that um and some paperwork about my great-grandparents uh, or my yes my great-grandparents so it actually won't be hard to prove my ancestry lineage but there's still a couple thousand dollars that are involved in doing that you know um and then on top of that I think you can be, I think there's two different ways it can go. You can be either granted citizenship with the sacrifice of my American citizenship, or I could be granted dual citizenship depending right. on what I'm willing to pay for right. and then how much time I can spend there. Right. So I eventually mean, that is on my list. I do eventually want to hold. It's on my, yeah, it's on my <laughs> list too. I just, I've been dragging my feet since I'm like, okay, I'm focusing on, it was more of a, it was more of an issue when I was thinking about more doing Europe, for example, yeah. guys, um, for me to apply for uh, my citizenship for Italy, Italy um, it would be about three hundred and seventy-five dollars American. And then what? And then I could. That's like I have that. And then so if I wanted to travel, let's say I wanted to be in Spain, then I have a digital nomad um, visa to be in Spain for three months. But then after that, that and I don't need to be clear. Every every place is different, but usually it's one hundred and eighty days a year, unless mm -hmm. you reapply. And mm. only certain places allow digital nomad visas. And I believe the, for like Spain has a renewable, a 12 month one that you have to uh, apply for. You have for. to do like you, the three month one first and then you can apply for a 12 month mm -hmm. one or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So in Mexico, you are allowed to do, uh, to do the digital nomad one up for a year and you're allowed to reapply four times. After that, you have to uh, apply for different types of residency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so again, everything, every place is different. And it, and the, I think the thing that stopped me or stops a lot of us is because it's so um, different and up in the air and there's so many different rules, we get overloaded. Yeah. And then we go, I just don't want to do it because what if I fuck up? Well, okay. Cause it's well, scary. Then, then we're never going like to go. If I fuck up, do Stuck. I get to come back home? You know, like, do I get to come back or do I mess that? You know, there's so yeah. many things that I think come into play for a lot of people who aren't really sure what to do with this. And in my case, the UK dual citizenship thing is um, I actually wouldn't mind living in England. England is the only country of um, ancestral origin that I've been to of every, mm -hmm. you know, of Japan, Gabon, everything. Um and I feel at home there. I enjoy I enjoy being there. My my spouse did grow up there as a American, you know, military kid mm. and probably doesn't want to move back. But, you know, understands that that's one of the things on my list. Like I want to be able to hold the the dual citizenship because I can and because right. I can't in Japan. Um, I also apply or was in the process of applying for the sixth region uh, citizenship of, for the continent for Africa. Uh, the sixth region is so for African citizenship, they, they consider the five regions, North, East, West, South, and um, uh, I forget what the fifth one is, but the sixth region, oh, uh, the fifth one is like anybody who is from the diaspora in general. The sixth region is for those of us who were taken. 
Mm. And so to apply to the sixth region, um, if you are the descendant of African enslaved people, uh, you can get a citizenship yeah. based off of that. And in some cases, you do it by continent, like that you can literally do it by the continent, which is the sixth region. The or sixth, you can yeah. do it by country. By, which, by country. Because you know, I, I know Uganda does it and uh, Uganda and Ghana. And Ghana does it. Um, so I, I am of my heritage, my African, well, some of my African heritage is from Gabon mm -hmm. and I do want to spend some time there at some point too. Uh, not because I think I'm going to be able to immerse entirely, especially in, in terms of the people that I come from, the Kota people, they're still tribal people. They're still out there. Um, they're a pygmy tribe, a polygamous pygmy tribe. Um, so more than likely I won't be able to immerse myself into that culture, but I would like mm -hmm. to spend some time in Gabon, um, as, as just being, Seeing I if I can feel like I'm walking in the steps of my ancestors in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. uh, during my process of application, though. Yes. Uh, my father was born in Germany on American base. I cannot oh. get access to his birth certificate. I've tried. Yes. It's very difficult. Short of actually like just going there, I don't know that it's going to be easy for me to ever get this birth certificate. So I'm like, okay, you know, let me see if it, I can get his death certificate. And at least, you know, he is on, he's named on my birth certificate. So if they see my birth certificate, his death certificate, and I explain that he was born in Germany and da da da, maybe it'll work out. So I apply and I get his death certificate. It takes a couple months to get in the mail. Under ethnicity and race, my father is listed as white. My father is not white. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> So I don't know who that's does literal this. whitewashing. So my, I mean, technically, yes, my father is half white. He has a white mother from England and a black father from America. But in terms of race category, my father is black. He is brown skinned. He or he was black, brown skinned. He had an afro. He's black. How perfectly ethnically he is mixed. Ethnically he is biracial, but he racially he is black. The difference between him and I is I do not have a race, but I have ethnicity. I have my list of ethnicities, but I don't have a racial category because I'm too ambiguous in my presentation. Yeah. My dad is unambiguously black though. To right. look at him, you know that you're looking at a black man. Right. He just happens to have a white mom. That's right. that's the thing. He's not light. He wasn't light skinned. Nothing. He was a black man. There's no way to accidentally code him as white so I don't know if it's a coroner. I don't know. I don't know who fills out the paperwork for the death certificate that would have checked the box white. But I have tried to find out how to go about this. I'm like, my dad's race is, is incorrect on his death certificate. I do not have an answer. So Can I go. can't even apply to the sixth region citizenship because I cannot prove on paper. So the thing is, my dad's race is listed on my birth certificate, but his death certificate lists a different race. So I either can't prove my father is my father, or I can't prove that my father is black. So I'm wondering if I'm writing it down to look into it. I'm going to talk to a a lawyer and see if a lawyer, a lawyer client, and I'm going to see if there's maybe somebody that can petition for you to get uh, the birth certificate from 
from the military. From the military. Well, the other part is I assume he was born on a military base because they were military and they were stationed there at the time. I can ask one of my uncles, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if my uncle would know if he was sent to an because sometimes like some births were sent to the local German hospital. Right. If that's the case, you do physically have to go to Germany to get those birth certificates, from okay. what I understand. Um, but if it's the military, I, I should be able to apply it through the military. I have tried right. this and I have not received any responses. So I don't really know how to go okay. about it. I will um, I will put a note, I will put a pin in it and I'm gonna uh, But I'm it's so wild. Research. Like I did an right. episode on this on Militantly Mixed uh, called uh, Born Black Died White. <laughs> about me discovering that my father died white on paper. Uh, I do have a stepmother. I could reach out to her, but we we were never on good yeah. terms. So it would be really weird yeah. after you know all these years of not talking to be like, hey, um, you don't need to know why I asked for my dad's death certificate, but I found out that he's white on the death certificate, and I need you to fix that. <laughs> you know, like what, I, what do I do? I don't even know how do you go. But like um, a, a new friend that I had met through TikTok. Uh, was showing me their birth certificate and their parents' birth certificates born and it said under ethnicity it says yellow. Oh no, yeah, mine says Jap. I was born in California. Um my mother is listed as cock slash Jap C A U C dot slash J A P no dot. Uh my dad is listed as black slash cock C A U C dot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so their ethnicity and race are listed on my birth certificate in order of their fathers right. so my mother's father is white and that's why his is named first and then japanese next but they said japanese uh, my dad's father is black so he's listed as black first and since mm -hmm. he's listed as black first i'm listed as black first right but yeah my birth certificate says jap on it and for, for many of you um, who are listening or watching and saying, why does it matter? Um, you know, you were born in America. You want, there are certain privileges that definitely come from being born in America because as an American, um, are, we are allowed to travel to a lot of different countries. Without visas. Without visas or without extra visas. There are certain uh, groups of people who don't look like me uh, that are not allowed to travel safely just because they were had the mishap of being not born mishap. not not sorry yeah you're right that's not the right way to put it they, it's because they weren't uh, born American or they weren't born in a white accepted country yeah that's the truth um, and um, like. I mean, if you were born in e Egypt or any of those, any of the other um, countries within Africa, like there are so many restrictions that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a lottery to, to be able to leave the countries. And That's it. The weird thing about being an American citizen is that I experience more privileges abroad than I yes. do in America as yes. a brown person, as a. Yes. Uh, femme person, I, 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 I always get stuck to stopped at customs. I always struggle to get through it. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to apply for uh, global entry yet, and since I'm, I'm actually in the process of waiting for my renewal passport, um, that'll be something I try this time around. <laughs> See if that happens this time around. Um, but yeah, I always get stopped. I so I experience, and then just people knowing I'm American, I just. I get more access when I travel than yes. I do in my own home country. Um, 
which again, another reason why, like, if I'm not, if I'm not a full citizen here, why am I here? I might as well be a non-full citizen somewhere else, you know? Right, right. I, you know, um, from my, I, I had the, the privilege of being able to travel when I was um, younger. My parents uh, could afford um, to take us to other countries when I was small. And it um, allowed me to have uh, privileges. Thank you for making that go away. Um, um, should have done that a long time ago. Um, I, um, it, it allowed me to have a different perspective uh, from a very young age, even though looking back, it was still a, an Americanized white, you know, thing, seeing that through that type of lens. But one of the things that I thought was really weird, I was 11 and I was in Fiji and I remember meeting, um, we were, uh, we were, uh, uh, staying, we were dining at a resort. Um, I was staying on another part of a part of the Island because, um, my family owns land. And, um, so we were, we were staying there and then we were dining at, at this place and we were sitting at a, a group table and a whole bunch of Americans were sitting there and a whole bunch of different Americans of different skin color, um, Asian Americans, black Americans. And we were, I was noticing everybody was talking and whatever. And then some of us were even actually going home to America on the plane together. And I remember having this conscious thought as a young person and thinking that's odd, but I couldn't really digest it and take it apart. But we were so, Oh, you're American America. Like, hi, American friend. We're going to eat. And, mm -hmm. mm. and as soon as, Oh, so these were strangers, but we were, you were all Americans. That I had never I met, you. but we had just, we, we, because we were Americans, all of a sudden we had camaraderie, right? Cause we're Americans on a outside on an outside of American soil. But as soon as we stepped back on American soil, they were black, they were Asian, they were white. And it's not like I didn't see that they were black, they were Asian. They I yeah. did yes, it was just that we win our different Yeah, because I'm not I I've you've heard me describe myself as American foreigner. And actually my my at UC Santa Cruz, my docu my final documentary, I called it American Foreigner because I was born here and yet I'm not treated as a full citizen in many cases. And because I also have two grandmothers that are from different countries and those grandmothers were a big part of who raised me yeah. in my formative years um i don't identify as american very often like i remind my i have to remind myself that i'm american because i really do feel in the way that i'm treated and the way i have access the way i'm questioned um but but in certain cases, I am treated like a non-American. So I have not much of a different experience than my Japanese grandmother does, um, you know, in terms of how I'm viewed, even though I have an American accent. I was born here. My birth certificate is American. My passport is American. Uh, but when I travel abroad, when someone calls me American, I clutch my chest at first like, ew, no. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, like and I do tell people that I'm a British American. I'll say I'm a black Japanese British American. I know that's not true. I know I'm not no. British. You know, <laughs> I know that I'm not um, technically British, but I I say it because I feel like I need to indicate the Japanese and the British. I need to indicate that what I have going on is not American. Right. You know, my blackness is American, but even that comes with second citizenship. You know, um, 
So it's a, it's <laughs> uh, one of the big things I think as we, as we start to wrap up is one of the big things that I think you and I, when we're talking about the stuff that I need versus the stuff that you need, mm-hmm. um, some of it is protection of my citizenship to a degree. Like mm-hmm. that is why I want to get a UK passport because mm-hmm. between the two passports, mm-hmm. I'm going to have clout somewhere. You yes. know what I'm saying? You know, and I need, I feel like I need that extra layer of protection um when i travel because you never know like it was so much easier to go to england than it was to come home yeah and and even though i'm a yank and everything like that when i'm there uh, eventually it's identified that i'm there that i'm from there you know that i have am of there in some way shape yeah. or form i get some form of acceptance there um I, I that probably comes a lot with the fact that my cousin is with me and and he's a white male <laughs> right <laughs> like right. that but you know what i'm saying um but yeah i there's aspects of of this and and i know we'll, this will be a multi the research aspects of this show the things that we'll share will be a multi-episode thing and we'll come back to it we won't do it every single time but we'll jump no. back and forth between it um but the thing that the biggest thing, and I think why it's taken us so many years, besides just like the actual, like we talked about last time, turning our why into now, mm-hmm. part of what has delayed us is the uncertainty about have we researched enough? Do we know exactly why, you know, and even trying to figure out what the motivation is. The pandemic. The you the know, pandemic actually, yeah, I, I know the it, pandemic is sure. honestly, if the pandemic, I did agree to start doing the comic book shop um, a few months before the pandemic hit, but had I not done that and had the, uh, had the um, pandemic not happened, it probably would have happened that we would have moved to Arizona to be closer to you (laughs) into while we worked towards getting out. While we worked. I remember 2020 was going to be like where I was switching gears to do things. And and then I had, we were talking about it. And I was like, that sounds amazing. A float in the middle of. Yeah. So, um, you know, I did have a question that somebody had sent, uh, sent me and they asked me anonymous. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We're going to, um, we can answer the question before we get out of here. They, they were saying, how do you, um, do I need to put a, we're not experts. Uh, we're not experts. Yeah, go ahead. We're not experts. I'll I think we're going to talk up. about this as, a, as an opinion. <laughs> Someone wanted, uh, had said, Hey, did you see that this week, uh, Mexico was having some, um, massive amounts of violence. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I am aware of what's happening in Tijuana. And um, I don't know everything, the ins and outs, and I'm not a professional y'all, but uh, essentially there, it, the, um, the Mexican cartel um, is literally at war with the Mexican uh, military there. And they literally locked down. And when I locked down um, Tijuana, they were burning cars and shooting and there was shootings in the streets and, they were shooting at uh, citizens and unarmed um, t- travelers and so on and so forth. Um, the cartels were? The cartels were, yes. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the military, because, you know, bullets go where bullets fly. Okay. That's so, true. I mean. That's true. Um, and uh, then there were, they, um, many cartel members were captured. And then in retaliation, the cartel kidnapped military people mm-hmm. um and so we're going back and forth and i believe it's still ongoing now yes some were traded right some yes yeah, some traded. i think they were in discussion last time i was looking there was a discussion after, but i think you're correct some trades have happened yeah um so yes that is happening and uh first and foremost like tijuana is a 
border town. It's a border town next to California. It's one and part of Mexico. It's a one part that has an additional issue um, outside of lots of things. And also that violence was happening across at the, um, on the other side of the and the other too. side as well here mm -hmm. in the United States was happening here too. Um, but case in point guys, it is today is what August the 20th, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. United States as of, as of today, and we're not at the end of the day. Okay. <laughs> as of today, we are at 424 mass shootings in America. Just today that has happened we today. We we are at a oh, total mass shootings that have mass shootings January have 1st. happened. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. And while I believe twenty something people have were killed in Tijuana, that's and that's horrible. Okay. Today, to date, the actual people killed so far: children under the age of eleven, two hundred and sixteen. And in the United States. In the United States. Teenagers between 12 and 17, 858. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about injured because if I talk about injured, it's at 2,396. Y'all, mass shootings are now the number one leading cause of anybody under the age of 21. That's insane. Not car accidents, not drowning, not drug use, not yeah, murder. Car accidents I mean, were, the, yes, were the major murder. killer for so many years. Not like... cancer, not anything. Mass shootings. It's so crazy. Uh, here's the other part. And we can maybe do a whole episode on this. Okay. But the the people that are in our lives that try to dissuade us from mm -hmm. taking this journey mm -hmm. by saying that mm -hmm. place is dangerous or that yeah. place is fill in the blank. Um one, what's the win? What's the move? I don't I don't understand. Yeah. Why why are you trying to prevent What are you trying to say? Um but using that as a way without really even fathoming or understanding. Yes. United States, we are a way bigger country. Yes. Than Mexico. Okay. Um, sure. Fine. Bigger numbers. But it, even if you break things down, like ratio to size of country and stuff like that, because I, I don't know where that is, but I have seen something like that. We're still, we just kill people at a higher rate. <laughs> We just kill people at a higher rate than a lot of these other places. And while yeah. we're not actively moving, we're not actively choosing a city that is known for violence. No. Doesn't mean that violence will not happen there. The same way me moving from Los Angeles to Houston doesn't guarantee my safety. You know, yeah. like there's still violence in every city that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, you can't prevent that. Like that no. you can't. There's not one place on this earth that is so peaceful you know, that some form of violence no, can't happen. Right. But I also, it's sus because you guys want to talk about violence that's happening in Brown countries, but you yeah. don't want to talk about that. Asian violence has gone up 336% since the in beginning the of the pandemic yeah. in the pan in the United States. I'm not talking about worldwide. I'm talking about the United States. Yeah. And also my people, my people have a really fucked up version of what violence is. They only right. see violence as something that happens in black and brown communities. Right. Or, you know, like violence is only when you hit somebody. Yeah. Like, like, however, oh, like how everyone lost their freaking mind about Will Smith and the slap. Right. Like they, but they didn't want to talk about the violence that led up to that. Yeah. Or the fact that for 20 years, years. this has been a conflict between them. And again, 
that's that I, I do understand that this is um i'm not you know i'm allowed to have opinions about everything but yeah it's not i'm not supposed to be having like this this conversation but my <laughs> thing is my my um my thing is what is violence? You guys say it's, it's, it's shooting someone, it's slapping someone, it's hitting one. Well, I also, okay, fine. I'll agree with that. But I also say it's violence is denying access to healthcare. Yeah. Denying access to clean water. Yeah. Like for our industrial, uh, our indigenous um, loved ones, uh, having uh, access, not having access to uh, safe and clean housing. Yeah. That's violent. Yeah. Not having access to food. And as we talked about last time, putting children in debt for lunches. For lunches. That's for violent. school lunches. Yeah. And um, I, if you guys got want to have that conversation, I'll go. But you better be where to go toe to toe and you better be doing your research. And you better be best looking at be looking in the mirror and saying, if you have the audacity to take a look at what's happening in Tijuana or anywhere else and poo-pooing it, I don't know why you can't keep the same energy and look at what's happening within our own borders. Within our own borders or any white, if you're going to go that far, like go mm -hmm. to any westernized white predominant country then. Because yeah. you're going to see violence there, do, and you're going to see violence conducted by the white people. In the UK alone, the hooligan culture, yeah, which is tied to football, yeah, which is tied to soccer, mm -hmm. which is tied to rugby, which is that culture is mm -hmm. extremely violent and yet extremely yeah. culturally accepted. Yes, and, and they burn and they burn down neighborhoods yeah they burn down neighborhoods they harass the elderly they harass black people like um it, there's no there is literally like even the safest nation on this planet will not save everybody from violence their violence is is going to be somewhere yeah. um so that's not a part like yeah, am I gonna am I gonna choose to move to a country that's in active war in the moment? No, I don't. No, no, I'm not that dumb. You know, like I'm I'm not going to do that. Am I gonna choose? A, and also, in the same way that not all the parts of the United States are the same, not all the parts of Mexico are the same. You know, there's gonna be some places that are a little bit more violent than others. Um, there's gonna be some places that are more uh, poverty stricken than others. There's gonna be some places that are you know overly affluent and stuff like that. That's gonna be wherever we go. And we're making decisions based off of right. certain aspects of our own safety as women, as as femme presenting, as as queer people, as in my case, as brown person. You know, these are factors that like if you don't think we have weighed those, you know, our loved ones who are coming at us to tell us why our decision is so terrible. I think at the end of the day, it boils down to you're doing something for you and I'm not comfortable with that because I come from a culture that tells us we're not supposed to do something for ourselves you know what right. I'm saying yeah um and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like oh you're jealous or anything like that I'm not I know that that's a go-to argument for a lot of things as well but I really just think it's like as Americans we are we are raised to think you just hunker down mm. you stick it out if you leave you're not patriotic which I'm fine with um if you you know like if you don't just why do I have to keep putting up with stuff and you're going to choose to leave it? That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have ears for that. No. I don't have ears for that. Especially if there's a, group, a large, a large amount of us and, and, and it's not about, it's, yes, it is about politics, but like if you're on the conservative side, of course, like you're crazy pants, whatever, but I see the same issues with liberals. Yeah. Like I see you guys not going out there and not wearing masks. Yeah. I see you guys going out there and, and not having accessibility to 
uh, for um, your disabled um, uh, community members? Yeah, literally the pandemic showed us how accessible the world can be for people who need yeah. virtual access to things. And then immediately, as soon as we decided we want to go back outside again, we're going to shut down anything that was right. accessible during the pandemic. And and Which other is still countries, happening, by the way. And COVID was everywhere. And the numbers of death that we have is we exceeded we exceeded everybody. everybody everybody and are still on everybody acting like covid is still killing a it's, lot it's of people still around a day dollars a day yeah it's still like 500 people a day yeah and it's a and it's a major disabled it's disabling in america in, in america and i thought naively i keep because i keep hoping i go okay this will be the thing that will wake everybody up and we'll have change. Like the <laughs> fact that we're not screaming for universal health care. And still fighting against it. Still 100% fighting against after it. After everything. And, and, and y'all, I have lived in other countries. I know that universal health care is not perfect. Okay. Every system. I have not found a system. There's no perfect system. That, is, that is perfect. However, I will tell you that America doesn't do it better. We do mm -hmm. not. We are not. This whole um, make America great again. We've never been great. Never it. Especially if the, the whole foundation of our country is the enslavement and yep. relocation of um, human people as cattle. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Ooh, it's not going to be a win. We're, we're ending on a negative. Sorry. Oh, do you? Do, that, that's just regular to me. Do you want to find something? You want to find <laughs> no, something um, no, positive uh, to end Okay. The takeaway is, y'all, is that what I hope that you take away from all of this is yes, uh, make your list, do your research, but then get other perspectives outside other your own like, world. Yeah. yeah. Because once you start looking at it from an intersectionality mm -hmm. point of view. I mean, all of the reasons, while there are the logical reasons that we've talked about on the show so far of why we're moving, a lot of the reasons that you and I individually want to go are for positive things. Yes. We want to experience a, a different culture from ourselves. We want to be um, in, a, in an environment like for me, like being near an ocean and being near a forest at the same time like sandwiched in between those two things is actually something that's been on my list forever. It just so happens to be the place that we're going right. is available to, to do that. Um, to be able to explore different types of environments than is available to me to explore if I stay here in the United States. That is way high on the list. Yes. What's also on the list happens to be healthcare, safety. Yes. You know, all mm -hmm. of those things are also on the list. But I want to... I have worked for so many years for so mm -hmm. long, just mm -hmm. like, every, you know, just like a lot of people I have um, dealt with racism in the workplace. I've dealt with sexism in the workplace. I've dealt mm -hmm. with anti queerness in the w workplace. I am probably going to continue to experience stuff like that mm -hmm. anywhere that I go in the world. Mm -hmm. But what I'm choosing to do now that I've never chosen to do before is to pick an environment that I think I will en enjoy, you know, have some joy be able to explore mm -hmm. and um, and in the process, learn, you know, get opportunities to learn a, a whole yes. lot, you know, things like that. These are I'm choosing to live a life that can be more joy than mm -hmm. work. Yes, that, that's uh, what it boils down to. It yeah, just because it happens that there's all right. this imperialism well, and colonialism and, and colonial and everything because in America you work till you die. 
yeah. right? You work until retirement and then you're too old and tired to, to travel. enjoy your life. I don't, yeah. I don't want to live that way. And also at personal on a, my personal note is yes, I want all the things that you just said, but also I want to be an example, mm. a positive example for a change of, of how to travel and experience like, um, experience other cultures without othering them <laughs> yes the colonizing mindset that i yeah. pay for it i get what i want yeah which is a very an american approach to travel i pay for it therefore you work for me yeah i own this yeah um you know i he's gone now but anthony bourdain mm -hmm. um he the way he traveled and experienced and sat down and talked with people with food yeah, food and food is the way. And he didn't other people. And he ate things he didn't like, but he never made faces or made fun of their food or demanded certain things be done a certain way. He was like, no, I'm a guest in your home. Yeah. Can you can you conceive of the fact that like not everybody's taste buds are the same and not yeah. everybody's, you know, if you're raised with access to certain foods, you're going to like those foods. And if you're not raised with access to them, it's a little bit going to be of a struggle. This is a chance right. for you to learn, you know. And I'm a hella picky eater, but I also understand when something is a cultural dish versus when something is, you know, I don't like it. <laughs> I can so also funny. it's like my history with you with food is like you only ate Taco Bell <laughs> <laughs> and cereal at the Did I uh... tell you this story? Um well also we were in college and I, I so I had a very I restrictive know. childhood where food is concerned. Like I wasn't allowed to eat anything that gave me any kind of joy. So as you know, the first time of me being out on my own, it was just like joy food, joy food. Yes, joy I food. get no, I get it. Um, but did I tell you the story that when I was telling Tree that I that I basically selected um, Mexico for us and that that's what was going to happen? And he was like, well, where are we going to go? I was like, it's between these two cities right now. But the one I'm leaning towards is the, you know, Merida. And um, and he goes, is there a Taco Bell there? And I was like, we're going to actual, actual <laughs> Mexico. Because Taco Bell, for those people who don't know uh, Tree and me, like we, Taco Bell is our, we're known for Taco Bell as, as part of our relationship. And it's like some of our deepest conversations we've ever had have been in the i know we're going long too uh the deepest conversations we ever had have been in taco bell drive-thrus and stuff like that like we it's a big part of our uh relationship culture and so uh so he says that i'm like we're going to actual mexico we don't ever have to touch taco bell again and he and he was something he said something like the fact that you said that so casually it's like you don't even understand the foundation of this relationship <laughs> Okay, well, tell him there is there is a Taco Bell. <laughs> he Googled. Bell I made him Google. I made him go. I'm like, what? I do all the research for everything. Like, why don't There's you Google one. it? So he did find one. And who knows? Maybe it'll taste better than any Taco Bell we've ever had because there'll be um, actual, um, well, maybe uh, they'll adopt the actual When I culture. traveled in different countries, like eating McDonald's, I mean, it's still fast food. Yeah. But it, it they have different options. Like I had things that you didn't. I eat. had McDo when I was in. France. I don't think I did McDonald's in um in England, but it, it definitely I remember it tasting different. And um well they they their meat is different and a lot of the foods we eat here is illegal in in other countries. Other countries. Yeah. Oh, we should definitely like, do an episode on We this. need to do Oh, yeah, that would be yeah. a good episode. Actually, let's do, let's let's plan. let's plan. Um, well, we do have it on our list, but just specifically thinking about yeah. like how illegal American food is in so, so many parts of the world, especially in Europe especially yeah. in Europe there are things like Mountain Dew guys it's not nope can't get it do you mean this, this is, I have I, a berry I don't drink Mountain soda Dew but right yeah 
Um, I mean, I'm a Mountain Dew Voltage, but charged with raspberry and citrus flavor and um, ginseng. I just thought I'd try it out today. Yeah, there's gonna be some things that I'm not expecting um, to ever eat again if we leave. If you we leave a thing, so I guess that's pretty much it for us. I don't want us to go too long since we We ended on a Taco Bell. We're good. We ended on Taco Bell, um, which I'll probably go to immediately after this because they they are. I know his ears are burning. He's heard Taco Bell, Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Now now you're gonna have to go through drive. We're gonna have to go. Okay, Uh, but we will be back. So this episode is airing on. I think it's like uh, August. (laughs) Oh, oh, he popped up behind me. I was looking down. I didn't see him. (laughs) This is we're recording right now, sir. Honestly, um, that better stay. It better stay. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Oh, he just he just and he off. just dipped. Oh, um, that's funny. Uh, so we're going to talk about now. We will be back in two weeks. I am about so the day that this episode airs will be August thirty first. But I am about in two days. I'm going to be leaving for my three state, three city, okay. three conference or or convention tour over three weeks. I'll be in Dallas, Anaheim, and Atlanta. So I think we're. Did we plan it out so that we're skipping a week or does it all plan it? I forget what it is, but whatever it is, the next time we get together, we're going to be talking mostly about just general travel because I'm going to have all this trip. Yeah, stuff. I think I think our next one, we're going to pretty much be sticking to uh, how you're going to be talking a lot about um, yeah. uh, your travel through the United States. I'm going to be looking through access- accessibility, accessibility about queerness. I mean, I'm going to wear all of my gay ass stuff. The I'm next time I see you again is the 10th. Yeah, so it's gonna be and then, it's gonna be a minute, yeah. and then we're gonna I'm gonna see you on the 17th, and then we skip. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. holidays. We'll figure something out. But uh, so yeah, we might have one skip, and and otherwise we are staying on a biweekly schedule. But next time we'll be talking mostly about general travel and and accessibility because that's something I'm gonna be looking for while I'm traveling. Okay. Uh, one of my trips is a driving trip. Two of them are, are flying trips. Um, I'm diff- staying in different levels of hotels in each in each place or um, Airbnbs and stuff like that. So I have a whole bunch of stuff that I will probably go through next time we're okay. together. And then when we we'll come back, we'll get back into the um, Sounds the good. Uh, uh, whatever it is we're doing, moving abroad, expat life. And uh, on that note, don't forget to be your queer ass selves. Don't forget to be your mixed ass selves. Don't forget to be whatever the fuck you are ass selves. And um, we're we're, we're waxed. We're waxed. We're waxed. waxed and we're, we're, we're I haven't packed waxed. yet, but I'm going to start packing <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, so the heart to you, internets. <laughs> Have a good night. Queer and Far is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Fury. Co-hosted by Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blurred and Shane Anigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. 